It's very nice to have you with us, Gurmit. It's wonderful to have you here. Yeah, this conversation has been delayed for how many months? Well, life, life it is, you know, it's not, it's not that we could do anything about it, but we're finally here. Yes. And I'm very excited. I am very excited <laughs> and I'm very nervous Ooh. because I have not done anything like this before. Yeah, that's why we had a long... Beautiful. Okay, so let's start with just a bit of intro. So, who are you? So, who am I? Who yeah. am I? That's a very profound uh, question. But uh, let me just simplify it. So, my name is Rumi, yeah. and uh, I am uh, married. I'm not four years old, which I'm not going <laughs> to disclose my age. Uh, I'm from KL. What else? Uh, I am a mental health therapist. Right. Yes. What brought you to mental health? Hmm. I think growing up, I've always wanted to do something along this line, mm. but I never really knew what it was really called. And I think back then, you know, like, when you talk about mental health to your parents, the first thing they'll be like, you know, are you going to be talking to people who are crazy? Right. You know, is this going to bring you money? I think along the way, I realized that a lot of people need to speak about mental health. And it's something that I've always been passionate about. So hmm. then I, from HR, I went into mental oh. health. And that's something I didn't know. Didn't See, you know, you've not been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> you never asked. So yeah, so this is something beautiful. that I'm very passionate about, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay, beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, we are here at Tea Buddies, you know. Nice, I really like the name, right? Tea Buddies, you know. Yeah, because yeah. the, the backstory is I would, the, the same, the, the very part that you see here, I would take it to campus every single day, and Ariel is share my witness. That and a and a bunch of cups, glass cups, every day. So when I when I go to campus with that like toothpack, it's like clicking like cups, you know, every day to campus. And that's also simple tea, you know, that's how I make so kind of you. Yeah. It's it was out of desperation in the beginning because I didn't have any friends, you know. So I was like you know, the way to people's heart is through, through, through your stomach, you know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, so, <laughs> let's just bring some tea and food to campus every day. That's very wonderful. Yeah. And I, I think I would like to call it as chai. I feel like there's so much, That's the, you know, it's so authentic. I'll call yeah. it as chai, chai yeah. session today. Right. We call it chai in Persian as well, actually. Really? We call yeah. it chai in my language. Right. What do you yeah. speak? Punjabi. Oh, yes. okay. Beautiful. So it's chai. It's chai, chai, it's chai, chai buddies. It's chai buddies today. Okay, let's say that. Right. Okay. Yes. So it's going to be about friendship. And could you remember maybe like a an early memory of friendship? Uh, maybe the first person, first friend that mattered to you so much. Hmm. I think. Um, I think growing up, I. This may sound very pompous, but I never had trouble making friends. You know, I've always had a lot of friends. Did I, yeah. I know. But over the years, I realized that they were not really friends. I think they were more acquaintances, you mm. know, or friends for the sake of it. So, hmm, who would I categorize as a very good friend? I did have a few very, 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 very good friends. You know, I could count them. I think... Be about maybe five of them. 
mm. you know, whereby four of them are overseas and one is here. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I just had a number of very, very good friends. Mm. Yeah. What 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 made you be like, like what what brought you so close to each other? Obviously, these few friends that you stayed mm. very close to. Obviously, when you were much younger, you go through that whole phase of crushes, dating, right. heartbreaks, you know, schooling, academics. So all of these experiences brought me closer to them for different reasons. Um, I think it. I think it's more so the heartbreak that made me closer to them. Like, you know, they've had heartbreaks, I've mm. had heartbreaks. Mm. So that kind of became like the topic of, you know, interest, connection. Like, it brought yeah. us very much closer. Yeah. A lot of the experiences. Yeah. yeah. There's something about pain and suffering that brings people of the same experiences together. Like, it's, it's such a bonding thing. I know. It, it works in a magical way, you know. Like, it really does. We wish pain upon no one, but like the way that it brings people together sometimes. It, it really does. Pain actually brings people together. But then again, pain sometimes, you know, it can separate it can people. separate people as well. It depends. Yeah. If you are an, if you are someone who has empathy and the other person has empathy, it, then it brings you right. together. But if, if the other person doesn't have that, that sort of, you know, empathy, Right. You know, or they don't don't really understand it. Then it kind of drifts you apart. Right. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. Sounds like your friends have have had a lot of empathy. For a you lot guys. of empathy. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they did. I'm grateful for that. But you know, things happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think you you grow you grow up and then you you sort of drift as well, and then you get married. You get engage you 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 become a mother you move countries so things gradually things change as well you know not that it should be a reason but sometimes people just drift yeah and you say a lot of your friends were outside Malaysia is it yeah I mean for some reason they all decided to just you know, migrate and move. You know, oh, they were Malaysians? They were Malaysians, Malaysians oh. you know, so you know who you are. <laughs> yeah, they did, they did. But um, it's interesting though, because even though they move and we don't keep in touch as mm. often, but when we talk, it feels like mm. nothing changed. And I like that kind of friendship, you know, and, and that comes with maturity as well. Right. You know, but it, it also comes with age. Right. I don't know, I could be wrong. Right. What do you think? Well, I'm not that old, so I can't talk about the age part of it, but... That, that doesn't mean that I'm fossil, or I'm old, or ancient. It just means that I have not more experience. No, I, I would really agree on the maturity part, you yeah. know, because... Uh, uh, comes with it... Uh, you know, the question of what in this friendship is so valuable to you that you'd like to keep it anyways. The distance doesn't matter to you anymore. You know, like the fact that the priorities have changed. You always find a way around those those obstacles. You know, and that's a mature thing to do because if the maturity part of it is not there, then your expectations would remain the same no matter what. Like, like you should be there for me because we are friends. That's what friends do. I'm like, but... 
love suggests that we understand the position that I'm in right now, and it's not the same as it was, let's say, last year, two years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. I have different priorities. I have kids. I have, you know, whatever. Uh, so I, I do agree on the maturity part a lot, because mm-hmm. I would be the one who would place a lot of expectations on people, you know. And but that happens. You're right. You've got to learn. You know, and it has... I mean, you especially put a lot of expectations when you are very passionate about friendship. You know, so you feel like, okay, if I can do this much, you know, it's only natural that, you know, I want to feel this way as well. And and that's a human uh, behavior, you know, we have expectations. It's not to say that I never had expectations, I did. Uh, I was disappointed, but then I... And I redirected my thoughts, you know, whereby I told myself that, hang on, it just seems like I'm the only one who's disappointed and I'm the only one who's upset by it, you know, so let me just, you know. Yeah, which could also suggest that friendship mattered to you the most. Then. You know, Salah, I actually, over the years, I really feel like uh, I'm the one who's been putting a lot more effort, right. you know, in, in friendship. And I, I don't know if it's just friendship in general, but... I just feel in relationship in general, like, you know, whether it's with the family or with the siblings or, or with, you know, the extended family, it just feels like I put, like, put in a lot of effort. So since today we're talking about friendship and I feel very much the same about friendship as well. Like I put in a lot of an effort, you know, and sometimes there are days where I think to myself, Salah, like, hang on, like, so if I, if I retreat, what happens? Yeah. <laughs> don't ask because I don't know. But that's a legit yeah. question. To ask. Sorry, was that too intense? No, because no. I'm on the same page with you and yeah. this. You know? And my following question would be like, yeah, what happens actually when when we just give it a break uh, to see if it's reciprocated and like. <laughs> you know, this is so in- it's so interesting because um, more often than not, you know, when we. I, I would say that I experienced grief mm. when it came to friendship. Mm. And as I was about to say that more often than not, people associate grief with like the loss of a loved one or a pet or even a heartbreak. But I, I would say friendship grief is actually very painful. Right. You know, because you have sort of lost that friendship, that spark whereby you thought it would stay on, mm. you know, and it, you never really get a closure, closure on that. You just come to accept accept it, but you don't really get a closure, especially when you shed so much. Does that, does that answer your question? Well, yeah. <laughs> it does. It's oh my God. Like, but, I, like, I feel like I'm just... like channeling out, you know, my, my inner Oprah in free right now. <laughs> You know, talking Dr. Phil about life, yes. friendship. Yes, this is your moment. This, this is, is all, my moment. Yes, this is this is all about you today. <laughs> so, so let's dive into it now that you now that you brought it up. Friendship uh, grief. Hmm. I I think uh, like I said, you know, I've obviously I've had a lot of uh, I mean about five very 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 good friends. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts off from uh, childhood to. You know, a friend from national service, a friend, a friend that I got to know through my ex, a friend, you know, that uh, that I met over over a chat 
platform, you know. So there are a lot of friendships that these friendships really mattered to me. But I think out of the lot, the one that really, really mattered to me, that felt like grief to me, friendship grief, because it's it's not the same anymore. Right. You know, and um, it took me a very, it, it actually took me a while to speak about it. In fact, this is the first time I'm really wow. talking about it because maybe I was in denial, you know, and uh, like, uh, how, where do I begin? Salah, help me out. Let's, let's start with first, you know, let's mellow things down and start from how you became friends in the first place. Um, with the one that I feel really. Yeah, the one that we're talking about, you know. I think it was, it just felt like family, like, like you know, I, I obviously became friends with this person when I was very young and, you know, this person was very young. We never really liked each other to begin with, <laughs> <laughs> but then over the years, like, we really, really connected and it really mattered to me because I was there for this person through very important phases of this person's life and Needless to say, this person was very much there for me. You know, we were we were really like it was like it was like a sister I never had. You know, and it was wonderful. We we were weird together. We shared so much of secrets together. We fought a lot. You know, and uh, we we were so oh my god, we were so childish. Like when we fought, we would give each other so much attitude, and like you know, we would totally snub each other, and then. Then we would say sweet things like, oh, I'm sorry, I love you too, I love you too. And then we did a lot of that. We used to um, have like sleepovers, sleepovers and, uh, you know, we, we bonded in a lot of ways actually. So, yeah, I don't know, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, like if you were to describe that friendship in a few words or like a sentence, how would you describe it? Hmm. I think to me that friendship, it was not blood, but it, because she obviously she's not my biological sister, you know, or my cousin, but <clears throat> but I think it, it really, it meant so much more than that, you know, it, it totally diffused the fact that she's not like related, related to me, but it meant so much, like, um, I, I don't know how to I describe it. It was very real, very, very authentic, you know. We were really there for each other. We, we went through tough times together, you know. It was just so pure. It was precious, at least to me. It was very precious, yeah. Right. yeah. So you bring the real you out in each other, I could only be myself with this person, you know. I think that's what hurts because I, although I have those other friends, but this person, I would say, like, was a best friend, you know. Mm. And uh, I could only be vulnerable to this person, you know, because I felt like she understood, right. you know, as much as I always understood, like, her vulnerabilities, you know, her pain, her struggles, her growth. So I felt like I could only be myself with this person because we grew up together we, we we grew together when i say grew up it's like not like you know like since birth or anything but we grew through experiences through faces so it meant a lot to me this friendship how old was this friendship 
I think that was since the time I was 11. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I was 11. You know, we went through hey, the phases of like, like unibrows and like, <laughs> like really curly hair, you know, like facial hair and like extra weight and we were like discovering ourselves. So it was from that time, you know, to the, you know, to the first time we had a crush on someone, right. you know, talking about it, you know, uh, secretly like sneaking out, you know, right. and using each other's names. I mean, now it can yell in the open. But yeah, so that, that was, that was a very, very important friendship to me because I felt like I grew with that, with that person. Yeah. yeah. Seems like uh, your identities at some point became so entangled with each other that, you know, like you had that channel to each other to be yourself. So what happens when that channel is no longer available? Yeah, I think you're right. You know, so much so that I, I think people used to look at us like we were like Bird and Ernie, you know, like we, wherever we would go, it was always the two of us. Um, what happened? I really don't know, Sana. Like I don't. It's odd because when we when we do see each other, we we see each other with a lot of love, with a lot of admiration. You know, I I would still say that I know that she still sees me as a as a sister. You know, as someone who's there for her, and and I really do see her as someone who is very much there for me. But I do sense a little bit of awkwardness, you know. And we do not meet as often as I would have liked it to. That's where the expectations come in. Yeah. So I I don't really know what changed. No clue at all. Um. I mean, is it fair for me to say that the person moved on and found new friends that aligned to her? Mm. You know, I mean, of course, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't own the person, but it feels that way, you know, like maybe the person moved on. Maybe the person found friends who aligned with that person, mm. you know, because like I said, I could only be vulnerable with this particular person and... <clears throat> And I did go through a phase where I was very vulnerable. So I used to talk a lot to this person about uh, my pain. Maybe that pushed the person away. Maybe that person felt like, oh, I, you know, I can't handle, you know, this. You know, was I disappointed? Of course. You know, I felt very abandoned, especially knowing that I'm alone. You know. Um, but I've come to understand that maybe the person just wants to surround themselves with very positive people who are very like, who does not seem to have any challenges or whatever. But no, it's, feels so. Yeah. Feels like, how do I describe it? I mean, the word ghosting does not do justice here. Or maybe if there was a better word, I would have used it. But just let's say, for the lack of better word, because I'm getting the impression that we never had the chance to, to even discuss what happened. I never did. And, you know, it's so interesting now, Salah. I think ghosting is the word because, like I said, I've made a lot of effort. Mm. And I don't have any ill feelings towards the person. I do wish the person very well. But do I miss the friendship? Of course I do. You know, but I never had the opportunity to 
sit and ask the person like, hello, like, what happened, you know? And for some reason, I feel like even if I do that, the person might not be honest to me. Mm. You know, because maybe the person doesn't want to offend me or maybe the person is not very good with confrontation. So, you know, I don't know. But, I mean, like I say, I, I did hear, you know, like a, a few people telling me that, yeah, the person did mention something mm. along this line. Was I hurt? Of course I was hurt because <clears throat> I would have expected, you know, to to come and speak to me, you know, we've, we've not been friends for like two years, it's been more than a decade, you know, so, uh, yeah, it just feels like I don't have that kind of, that closure, because it, it, it feels like I know what happened, yeah. such a wave, it was it's a waste of friendship, you know, well, of course, when I do speak to my husband about it, he tells me that, you know, maybe you actually put in a lot more you know, love and interest in this friendship, you know, than, than she did because maybe she just moved on. Maybe she found friends who are very dynamic, very optimistic, you know, like positive, like full of laughter. And, you know, maybe the person just wouldn't understand that you were going through a very, very tough phase of your life. Yeah. You say, I mean, like, that you could only be vulnerable with her. And the part that I'm trying to understand is uh, how come there was never a conversation? How come, you know, you felt that she's drifted away and this is the only person that you can be you, the true you with, yeah. but, but you never had that talk with the person to find out from her and not like through a middle person. It's actually very odd because um, I didn't deliberately go to the other person and ask them. <laughs> you know, uh, the other person actually saw me feeling very mm. upset. You know, because um, I think a couple of days ago I did ask. You know, this friend I said, "Can we hang out?" You know, and every time I ask her that, she tells me that she's busy. You know, that she's got things to do or whatnot. Which I understand, you know, but after a while, I am of this belief that everyone has 24 hours in a day, you know. It's not a matter of how busy you are, it's whether you can make the time for someone or not. Yeah. And I think every time I try meeting up with this person and this person says that they are busy, but then I see like this person hanging out with like the new friends, you know, and like, um, um, you know, just going out and about, which is which is fine. Like I said, I don't own the person, but then, but then don't tell me that you don't have the time. When you do have the time, it's just that you don't have the time for me. So coming back to your question of why didn't I have that conversation, Salah, how could I have that conversation when the person just doesn't allocate the time? Do I do it via text? What do I do? So I then decided to just come to terms with it. Yeah. How did you come to terms with it? Um, I think I think first it's important to understand that you know, like when you talk about grief, you go through this. Uh, <coughs> you go through the grief stages. You know, mm. this is when I'm going to do some psychoeducation <laughs> here, folks. You know. <laughs> 
No, but it legit, you know, it, it happened to me because when we talk about grief, we talk about the stages of grief, right. you know. So we talk about like predominantly there are five stages of grief, you know. So the first is denial. Mm. Was I at that that stage? I was very much so. I was in denial that no, 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 no. Maybe this person is really busy, you know. Maybe this person, you know, is occupied with their work. So I was in denial. What actually feeds into the denial? Uh, because I, I I think you were in it for quite a while, right? Like based on what I'm getting from you. So what what actually perpetuates lingering in the denial stage? Because many people are in denial for years, you know, like they, they see stuff and they. I think you have that that little glimmer of hope. Mm. You know that no, you you start finding the reasons. So you're in denial. You're in denial that now you know this this ten years plus friendship can't come to an mm. end. You know I'm not going to accept it. You know or, or when you very rarely get like a text message or something, you're like, come oh, there you go. It's right. It's it's still there. Mm. You know so you're in denial. Mm. You know um, I think for me that 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 kept me in that denial stage for a long time because when I do. Occasionally bump into the person or meet the person. Mm. We laugh, we talk, you know, and then very rarely I get like a text message or if I message, there's a reply. So, you know, that 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 confused me. So I felt like okay, this friendship is not over. Maybe this person is really busy. So I don't want to accept that it has changed. So I was in denial for a long, long time. That's the first stage, you know. It's not necessary that you you go through the stages in a chronological order. Yeah. Sometimes you skip the mm. the levels. Right. So the second stage that I went through was the anger stage. You know, so is that? I I think the anger stage was quite quite bad because I was very angry. Like, like hello, like why do I have to make so much of an effort? Mm. When it's not being returned, and you know, it made me very angry to see the the effort being made with the other set of friends. You know, then I went through that stage. I think then the third stage that I went through was, to me, it actually followed the order. Right. Okay. <laughs> the third stage I went through was called the bargaining stage. Mm. Now this stage really, really gets to you. You know, it it really affects your self-esteem a little bit because you start blaming yourself. You know, so then you start doing things where you feel that hmm, you know, let 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 let's do a little bit of a bargaining here. Maybe if I just you know uh, do something sweet, the person will reply and would actually you know uh, want to keep this friendship going. Then you try to not be yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did you do? To, how did you bargain? You know, I thought to myself, like, okay, you know, maybe if I only text the person and 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 share like, you know, my achievements and my success, you know, maybe that person will be like, okay, you know, Gurmeet is back to being that that person that I knew. So, but that's not really true because I did have my own battles as well, and mm. you know. I I would have loved to just be authentic and true to myself, you know. Or sometimes I'll be like, mm, all right, you know, let me just let me just share like a clip or something, you know, a clip that maybe reminds the person of 
back in the days and the person would reply me back. So there was a lot of like this whole bargaining thing going on, which after a while made me angry again because I thought to myself mm. like, what, what is this that I'm doing? Right. And it's interesting because the whole, maybe this, this is what subconsciously is happening because you're like, this is the person I was supposed or I used to be the real me with and I'm trying to bring her back by not being me. Exactly, you know. I mean, it's not to say that I'm not a dynamic, positive <laughs> person. I am, but I'm also human, yeah. I, you know. And I cannot forget the fact that I went through a very dark phase, you know. Yes, it lasted for a, lo a long time, you know. And uh, did I pick myself after that? Of course I did. But it made me very angry that, you know, like, Although I'm all about mental health and being true and, you know, I, I felt very angry that I was, I was at that bargaining stage and I was being someone that I was not. Although there were moments when I felt very sad at that moment, but I sent a happy message to this friend, you know, because I was so afraid to tell her the truth that, hey, listen, I really need to talk. I'm very, feeling very down. Something that I could comfortably do prior to this, something that she could do with me, you know, and so yeah, and then I was at that bargaining stage and I didn't like it, I, I felt like I became like a people pleaser, which is not me, mm. you know, have you ever been a people pleaser, Sarah? I think I still am. Okay, <laughs> there you go, you let me know how that feels. Yes, I'm trying to get myself, you know, because yeah. if you've been somebody like that for years, then it's... Yes. It's hard to unlearn. It is, it, is. <laughs> it is hard to unlearn. It's a habit. It's a yeah. pattern. Yeah. 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 You know, then... Then I would say that... Uh, so after the whole bargaining stage, then I dipped, which is the fourth stage, that is called depression. Then I felt very, very depressed, to be honest, because... It is, it is grief to me. I, I felt like, okay, you know, I've just totally lost this person. Especially when I heard the reason behind it. Right. You know, that made me feel very, very, very down. I felt like, wow, you know, I could have understand, you know, if, if I ever spoke ill of her or anything, you know. But to say that I, I don't really want to hang out with her because she's going through stuff and she's very sad. I felt very down about that because I felt very abandoned, you know. I could totally understand that if she was giving me space, if I asked for it, but I didn't, mm. you know. And as much as I can understand, you know, when we, when we watch TikTok reels, where they say, surround yourself with positivity and all that, yeah, that's, that's all good and well, but what about a person that really needed you at that point. Someone who really meant something, you know. So sometimes I feel like these TikTok reels and all that, they give out a very false uh, expectation of how life should be because I feel like there's so much toxic positivity going on here. Like, you've got to constantly be positive, constantly surround yourself with positivity. It's actually not natural. Yeah. You know, yeah. it takes so it takes you away from being an empathetic person. Right. You know, so yeah, I felt very depressed at that point because I needed that validation from her that you know I was alone. You know, 
as you know, my husband is always traveling, so I felt very alone. So it, it, I felt like I needed that friend, you know, but I didn't really get it. You know, so which brings me to the last stage, which is why I'm here today to talk about it, because I've, I've accepted it. So the last stage is acceptance. You know, so I've come to accept that, you know what, maybe I was not as important to this person as I thought I would have been. Maybe this person just drifted, just changed. Maybe this person truly, truly just wants to surround herself with her new friends who are all full of jokes and laughter and, and all of that. So that's okay. I mean, would that change how I feel for this person? No, I still very much love this person a lot, you know, because I am a very loyal person, you know, be it in a relationship, be it in a family, be it in a friendship. I never forget uh, people who's been, who've been there for me during my dark days. So, yeah, I, I think even if it means that I have to be there for this person from afar, right. I would still wish her well. So are you leaving the door open? I, you know, although I've come to accept it, but I'm leaving the door half open, you know, because I, I don't know, somehow inside of me, I feel like maybe, you know, mm. maybe, you know, when the person, maybe the person grows a little bit more older, the person will come to realization that, you know what, sometimes, um, sometimes it's okay to be vulnerable, you know, and sometimes it's nice to actually revisit, go down memory lane with that, that one friend who went through with you everything. Right. You know, who saw you at your worst and at your best. Yeah. So, am I leaving the door half open? No, maybe not half. Maybe quarter. I didn't have a better word for it. You know, this much, you know. So, of yeah. course, yeah, if a person comes yeah. back and if the person, you know, speaks to me and explains to me, you know, what they're thinking and and of course, it's a two-way communication whereby I could also, you know, speak about my disappointment. Then why not? You know? And if it happens, it's all good and well. And if it doesn't happen, it is what it is. You know, you've got to move on. I wanted to make that point actually because uh, when we say we have moved on uh, or like we have accepted it, it might sound to people that. You know, it's, it's done and dusted with forever, no. you know? Uh, and like, how can such a thing, such a deep, profound experience be done and dusted with? How can you raise those memories and say, I'm not, even if they're not there, the memory stays, so... Yeah, and, and why shouldn't it? You know, so, so I think, coming back to what you say, when people say that, again, it comes down to these reels and all that, that you know, if you're done, you are done, you know. It's not entirely true because if you, if you can be done so easily, maybe it never meant Thank you. much to you in the first place. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, so it's very unnatural, mm -hmm. you know. If I if you ask me now, am I done with her? Of course not, mm -hmm. you know. Um, have I accepted that it's not the same, same anymore? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, do I still wish her well? Of course I do. Do I still love her? Of course. Do I have moments when I watch something and I'm like, damn it, I need to watch this with her? Of course I do. You know, you have moments like that. You know, but to say that 
you're done and dusted and you totally erased it from your mind. Yeah. I don't know, I find maybe it doesn't work for me, you know, because I still like to keep those memories, you know, right. and cherish it. You know, I, I'm not going to totally erase it. Why should I? Well, they were nice, beautiful memories. Yeah. I think it was actually Ariel who wrote something for the camera series that we have. And I think it, I can't remember the full thing. Maybe later on uh, I can share it with you. But it was something along the line that uh, yeah, the person is not there, but but you like this memory for the person that he or she was. It's not what's happening right now, but like there's a part, there's a there's a place in your history, in your story in which he or she was your best friend. And that on its own is valuable. You know, it's not it's not just what happened right now, you know. Because what happened right now does not define them then. Right? As you say, a lot of things can happen, people's priorities will change. But back in the time, as much as as much as it's tempting to give in to this idea that uh, they were just like that all the time and I didn't realize it. But I would like to think about my own friends, whom I'm not you know, that close with anymore. Mm -hmm. That those moments that we share with genuinely, no matter what, and things might have changed now, but back then it's not that the person was evil, or like not into this, or didn't want to invest in me. That was real him, you know, and I don't want to think that he became, or like, uh, how do you say it? Yeah, maybe things changed, but it's not that he was like that the whole time. Exactly, it was not like he was that to begin with, right? Right, right. Yeah, so mm. why should you actually erase those memories? Mm. Have you? No, not at all, yeah. And do you regret yeah. not erasing it? <laughs> it's beautiful, you know, like, because uh, I, I think what, what happens in the best friendship is, as you say, there's a lot of vulnerability and with vulnerability comes honesty. With honesty comes authenticity. And the best friend is just sitting there like a mirror. So you get to see the person that you would like to be, the ideal you. And they were that mirror right there, you know, for, for years, you say. And I was looking at myself through them the feedback that they would give, give me or like things that they, they would advise me or whatever. The fact that I could just, as you say, be me basically, that's, that's the thing, that's, you know. So I'm like, that authenticity, the fact that you can be mirrored to somebody, teach you a lot about yourself, you know, things that are dark, things that are bright, and you're like, oh God, there's somebody who's willing to take it you know, however dark it is, however bright it is. And things could be as dark as you yourself might not dare explore them, might not dare express them. But there is somebody that makes this whole space so safe and comfortable that you're willing to to bring the shit out and, you know, put it on the table yeah. and then look at that. I'm not scared of it because you are there. Yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. It, it, I think only a best friend in the friendship context, you know, can make you feel like that's a safe, safe space. Mm -hmm. 
where you don't you're not walking on eggshells. Right. You can be yourself. You don't have to be like the the funny, the joker, the clown all the time. You can also just be sad. You can be going through stuff because yeah. you are allowed to be yourself. And that's important. You know? Mm. And and when you start having that feeling or that thought process whereby you feel that mm, you start questioning are you allowed to be yourself that's when you know mm. that things have changed right. does that make sense it does you know it does. yeah that was the whole foundation on which this whole friendship and trust was based on that i i found you and i and i can yeah. finally be me you know and like once i feel like hey the moment i am who i am I feel a bit rejected or not responded to, I'm like, okay, then this is not the same. Yeah, and then hence why I said, like, I mean, I don't mean to, uh, you know, dilute the fact that when you lost, when you lose a loved one, it's painful. Grief on any level is painful, you know, but, wow, friendship grief is, it's, it's, un, it's an unexpected grief. If that makes sense, mm. you know, because it is only with, maybe it's for me. I feel like it's only with your friend that one friend that you can you can totally, totally just be yourself. Right. You know, you can say about anything and not feel judged. Probably. Yeah. So, so when that grief happens, that is a very painful mm. grief. You know, because it's not like. I know this may sound very like morbid, but it's not like they lost the person or the whereby the person, you know, went to heaven. You know, you lost the person, but the person is still there. And that takes more. That and that hurts more because you feel like mm, it's like you know, yeah. it's it's so near yet so far. Like yeah. it's 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 it, there. It's such a big of a blessing that was yours, and now you can't put hand on it. You know, I'm like. Yeah. You know, and then mind you, I'm not a possessive person, but I'm a very protective person. Yeah. You know, and, and it aches because you feel like, oh, okay, I'm so protective of this person. <laughs> like, oh, I wish this person was equally <laughs> as protective of me and my friendship and what I've had to offer. You know, I, I would really like to believe that I'm one hell of a good friend. <laughs> you know, and I'm a friend that, you know, makes a person feel good, give them time. Yeah, of course, I do have my own. You know how I know you found that. Oh how? I asked him to tell me that. Oh my god. <laughs> Salah. Like, like Ariel be like, you're such a good fellow, Ariel, say more. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. How come you didn't ask me that, you know? Hmm. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You are a wonderful friend, you know. Yeah. Say more. Oh please. my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough for today. Maybe the next time. Okay, maybe more. <laughs> we'll reach the quota, guys. What do you say? You ran out, you ran out of love for me for the day. So for, for today, yeah, this is good enough. You know, I love you a little bit more because you brought this croissant, and you know, I'm very, very happy with that. Yeah, which we haven't been able to touch. <laughs> Because we are, we are talking so much, or more so I'm talking a lot, because I've never spoken about this before. I'm glad. Is, is this a good thing? Yeah, it, it, it feels nice, you know, like, uh, it feels nice because I can actually just, I can just, like, 
I've never spoken about it, you know, because it's always like shark tied. And the only mm. person I've spoken to is actually my husband and and he's a very practical, blunt man and he'll just say it like just like that, you know, he sometimes he doesn't help me process it. You know, he'll just say it like, you know what, you valued her more than she did. She ever did. Get over it. But it's not as easy as that, you know, you gotta process it, you gotta you gotta give it like a nice little barrier, you know, like you know. Yeah, so... Like you talk from side background. You can't leave things on process. You of know? course. Because in the back of your mind, this shit is going to come back and it comes back stronger if I don't give yeah. it right now. Right? If, you, yeah, you know. if you suppress it and you just keep everything inside, it's like an iceberg, you know? Right. You don't know what's underneath. When yeah. is it going to hit you? Yeah. And when it hits, it hits it hard. Oh, so, God. you know, it doesn't make sense. That would make me an imposter <laughs> if I'm going around, you know, preaching and telling clients that, please, process, you know, everything. But I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so, no, you know, so I, I need to process it. It took me a while. I'm, yeah. I'm still processing it. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, and this is true. This, this yeah. makes me feel like, I, you know, and I, it's such an important topic to have because like I say, when you talk about grief, people always like uh, affiliate grief with like the loss of a loved one. Yeah. But there's a lot of type of grief. There's friendship grief. There's pet grief. Right. You know, there's, there's losing a career grief. There's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of different types of grief. Yeah. I always like, I've shared it with people as well. Uh, what I found out as I was researching friendship grief. And man, like, nobody, like, when I say research, I was literally uh, reviewing the, the psychological literature on friendship grief, and there is almost nothing, you know. And the little that there is says what you're talking about, actually. Like, that people rush you to get, you know, uh, get over it. Uh, society does not look at it as a legitimate, yeah. uh, you know, grief, and there is no proper channel. Like, for example, when a family person, uh, when a family member uh, passes away, there is ritualistic grief that follows up. Mm -hmm. There is the burial, there is the funeral, there is like uh, in different religions, different practices, mm -hmm. you know. But when the person subjectively dies mm -hmm. or is on the verge of death you know? and by subjective I mean they're living somewhere out yeah. there you know but they are not in your story anymore you know uh, actively I mean we are struggling actually to understand that to, to help people go through it and experience it and, and process it because if, if you go around and say hey I lost a friend Look how much support you get, <laughs> you know. Yeah, especially in an Asian context, you know. When you say that I've lost this one, okay. <laughs> yeah, you'll find another friend. It's okay, you know. It's actually very yeah. insensitive. They'd be like, yeah, but, but you've got 10 more. I'm mean, like... <laughs> yeah, but that's like me. Okay, that, that's like when someone loses, say, uh, you know, like a, like a grand mom, right, grandmother, right? right? And the person says, I lost my grandmother. And I say like, you know what? You have the other grandmother as well, right? Like you have your paternal grandmother. You'll be fine. Right. No, you won't. That's so insensitive. Mm -hmm. if, if I am consciously not going to say that to you, because mm -hmm. I know that your maternal grandmother meant a lot to you, mm -hmm. why is it okay for you to tell me that? Oh, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Go find new friends. Do you know how hard is it to find new friends at this <laughs> age right now? It's so hard. It's you know, so because hard. it's so superficial. Like you don't, and the world is changing. You don't know, like, why are they being friends with you? Are they being friends with you for, like, <laughs> monetary purposes? Or, like, what is it? 
what do you want? Right. <laughs> it's so hard, I mean, especially after graduation, you know, because uh, especially the, during college, one of the actually one of people's motive to get into college and university, aside from academics, to, to meet new people, to build a network. So, so that actually is an objective of higher education. Yeah. Nobody goes to work hoping. Yeah, to make friends. <laughs> to make friends. So the likelihood of, of, of us being able to make friends after the age of 25 or let's say college college years, you know, 27, let's say, uh, the likelihood of our like, finding lifelong friendship after that, I think I read somewhere based on a survey, it was, it was 70%, 70% lower compared to, you know, university, school, college days, you know. Yeah. And people, yeah, like, go find friends. I'm like, sure. <laughs> There's a store that sells friendship. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. go in it. Can I tell you a name? <laughs> you know? Can I customize that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's tougher when you're older because, you know, you, you have preconceived notions, you know, due to the hurt that you've had before or you have certain expectations, so it's very hard to find authentic, genuine friendship, right. you know. Um, to me, I always felt like childhood friendship or like, you know, when you're in school, school friendship, yeah. they were very real because they liked you for who you were. You did not have like a certain uh, maybe credibility on you at that point. Mm. So, you know, they, they chose you, they, they became friends with you mm. for who you were. But now, you know, maybe when like you know you're a successful person or whatnot, you don't know if the person is being friends with you because of your personality or because you know you drive a good car or you live in a good house or you have some connections. Especially in Asian context, you know, everyone wants to make connections and so you don't know whether it's genuine or not. So that's why I find it harder to make friends now. It was also more effortless, I would say. Yeah, it's exactly. Unity, it was you know? effortless. Yeah. You know? I was doing, uh, I did this for my thesis, and I was exploring friendship experiences during the online learning period. And much of what I heard was back then we could just see somebody randomly in the corridor, in the student lounge, and you know, we would just stop by and say hi. And that would just made so much. Yeah. Or during the break, we would turn to our friend, hey, how are you doing? How's the assignment going? You know, how's life? How's your mom? How's yeah. that? Yeah. Online, you know, you just shut the laptop, <laughs> go eat or something, yeah. and you don't talk to anybody. So that serendipity, you know, like in, 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 uh, in the interaction between students, and the fact that you say things were simpler, you know? Very much simpler, you know? Probably the only thing I thought of then was like, okay, where do we eat after this? Right, yeah. You know, or like, oh my god, yeah. like, what are you wearing today? I don't know. Maybe that sounds very, right. I don't know. I, for me, it was very much simpler then. Um, but it's not to say that I can't make genuine friendships now right. at this age. I mean, I did make genuine friendships with you. There you go. That's another compliment, Salah. You know, I did, <laughs> I did find really, really good friends, you know, when I was uh, doing my master's, mm. and uh, yeah, and, and that felt very real, very raw, you know, particularly this one friend, you know, who really reminds me a little bit of that 
best friend of mine. Right. You know, and uh, so it's not to say that you can't make good friends now, but the effort it takes, yeah. you got to put your guard down. You got to test the water a little bit. It takes a, it takes a lot yes. more energy and effort True. compared to back in the days where you're just like, yeah. mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. So True. yeah, each to its own. I wanted to ask uh, what helped you uh, throughout the process of creating? Hmm. I, you know, a couple of things. I think first was my dog, Clara. Mm. Yeah. Uh, she really made me feel that unconditional love, mm. you know. Yeah, as much as she's very clingy and she follows me around, you've met her, yes. you know. But she gave me that sense of validation at that mm. point, that dark phase, you know, where I needed it. Where she made me feel like I'm not going to abandon you, right. you know. Wherever you go, I'm just going to follow you, you know. So that's one. Uh, definitely my husband. Mm. He was... He was a really good support system, although, you know, he's away, you know, we talk on the phone, but he really made me, yeah, he's very blunt, but he, he really made me feel like, you know what, you know, um, yeah, I'm going to be here for you. I know it's very painful. Take your time, you know. Um, of course, occasionally, he'll just throw it in, like, you get over it as well, you know, and I'll be like, mm, okay. Um, and uh, and I think that, that that new friend that I, I made when I was in, uh, doing my masters, uh, she really, really helped me. She really helped me process my, my my thoughts. So my dog made me feel validated. My husband made me feel supported, and and that friend made me. She processed it with me, like what I was going through. So I think these three beans really, really helped me. Um, and uh, you know, very odd. Is this odd? Like counseling. Like when I was seeing clients. You know, a lot of them had the same, you know, challenges. And I was like, counseling them. And then I, after a while, I was like, hang on, why am I not applying this same thing? <laughs> why about me? Like, I'm like in my moment, my zone, you know, telling them, you know, like coping techniques and all that. <laughs> so after a while, I started using it on me. And uh, I think I started reading. Reading a lot. And just understanding how the human mind is and I don't know, does it sound so boring like how I <laughs> came to terms with it? Or are you looking for like something drastic like I'm oh, looking like, for your experience? Like, <laughs> I did something crazy, you know, I went partying, drinking that and mm. I I think I really needed to know what's going on within myself as well. Um and I, I just shifted my focus um, to work, to seeing my clients, to reading, to my dog, you know, and that really helped me through. Yeah. I wasn't doing that to fill the void, but I was just mm -hmm. doing that because I felt like, hey, I, I really need to, you know, channel my, my thoughts, my energy to mm -hmm. these things to help me, to help me re recognize myself again, like who am I? Yeah. Yeah. Did I? No. Did I like? Uh, <laughs> did I no, I'm happy that you actually had uh, 
the people with God. And I was putting them together and could you repeat that again? Like like you said your your dog helped you with validation and your husband made support, support you said yeah. and your friend helped you to like, process. process it, yeah. right? So I think it's very important. People you know again, I may be generalizing it but you know, from what I see, when someone experiences grief, mm. usually they only look for support. Right. You know, or sometimes validation. Mm. But they forget the very important component, which is to process it. Mm. And mind you, Salah, processing it is painful. It's very painful because yeah. you come to terms with, oh my God, like, this is what's happening. So, I think a combination of support, yeah, support is very mm. important. But you can't just live on support alone. You, 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 you know, the the person may be saying, "Yeah, I'm here for you. I'm here for you." But if you haven't processed your feelings, that's not going to be enough for you. You know. So support was there, and uh, of course the validation where my dog really made me feel like I'm there for you. You know, I love you no matter what, no matter your down days. And yeah, that that friend really helped me process. Mm-hmm my thoughts where like she she just really made me feel like why am I still holding on to it you know um, would it be so bad for me to to let it go like sometimes it is in loving a person that you let the person go and if the person comes back that's good and if they don't you wish them well wow I, I should have my own talk Oh, sure, you know, yes, wow, that, you was, that was very intense. Sarah. And, and I've been thinking, uh, you know, like when, when we lose somebody, there's this question of like, why is this happening to me? Like, what did I do to deserve this? And now you mentioned three things that's so right. You mentioned validation, support, and somebody to process it with you. You know how much of a blessed, how much of a blessing it takes to have all that tree. Of course. You know? Yeah. And I'm like... That's true. <laughs> right, yes. I yes. am? No, don't as take that away. As Muslims say, mashallah, you know? You know? Don't take that away from me. <laughs> don't come up to me. Don't take that. No, leave them alone. <laughs> May God keep it the way yes, it's been. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, and, and who knows, maybe, maybe, you know, you, you grow into a... An elevated, uh, you know, version of you that you never thought it would happen through grief or like loss of somebody. That I think you're absolutely right. You know, so I think I, I, I grew even more mm. through this friendship grief, and it it made me feel right. It made me very conscious as well with what people are going through. Mm. You know, like you know, if I if I were to see that one particular acquaintance or a being that is usually very strong but suddenly feeling very low and I would invest my time in it because I know how it felt like to be on the other end of the uh, spectrum because I'm a very strong individual but I had my moment you know and I felt abandoned so I know how that feels you know Good for me that I was strong enough to, Amen. you know, to come out of it. But some people are not strong enough, and 
so I'm very conscious now, like when someone needs me just to talk to them, you know, what's the worst you can do, Salah? You just talk. You know, maybe you can't help them fix yeah. their problems, but sometimes all a person needs is just just that one hour, ten minutes conversation. Yeah. And and how bad is just giving that you can, right? So now I'm very conscious. After experiencing this grief myself, I'm very conscious, like, you know, like, okay. Like, like okay, this person is going through something. Let me just ask, check in, you know, hey, are you okay? You know, do you want to talk? No, I'm fine. Okay. So you feel good. You checked in, you know. It's not to say that I feel obligated. I don't, but I want to do it. Yeah. 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 yeah I very, very much agree to a degree. And the, the part on... Because there was a there was a time in my life when I was very young, I would say 12, 13, you know, and uh, and I asked something, asked God something very consciously, and I was like, I want to live a life of love. And in five years time, ten years time, like I was experiencing the most painful experience of my life, and I was like. I asked for love though. I didn't ask for pain. You know, but once you once you as you as you very righteously said it, you know, once you experience that pain, then it becomes so easy to have that space, welcoming space in your heart for those people who are experiencing the same thing. Which, you know, if if that were not to happen, I would have never had that feed up space in my heart to welcome those people coming. You know, I have tea for you. You know, like we can talk about this. Yeah. I'll, I'll be your listening ear. You know. yeah. So... I think sometimes, you know, maybe it's the way you redirect the way you think as well. Like you mm. said, you ask God for love. You know. mm. I don't know, maybe how I see it is this is, you know, you ask God for love and maybe God gave you a lot of pain because you know he knows that when you when you are able to give that love to someone you will appreciate it even more you'll be able to give so much more because it means so much to you you know of course in hindsight it's always easier you know but sometimes you have to kind of change your thoughts that way you know where you go but you just tell yourself that you know maybe, maybe I'm maybe I had to go, go through this experience to give more you know, to understand more, to feel more. You know, so yeah, so like like what you went through, you know, how did that change you? You mean uh, the change? Yeah, like I, I became, as you say, similar thing, way more receptive towards uh, towards what people go through every day. You know, and uh, well, I did it a bit too much. <laughs> you know, I overdid myself to the point that. But you have to go to the extreme in order to understand where the line is, you know, and how much you can take. So it's changed me in a way that I'm way more uh, empathetic, I would say, you know, more emotionally aware of what's happening. Because uh, I've had a stupid background, <laughs> you know, as, as many boys do. <laughs> so, but yeah. It's and, and one way it helped me a lot it was like uh, 
if I create a safe space to hear their story, there's hope that they can create a safe space for me to tell my story. And I know I have a good one to tell, just as good as the one that I'm hearing from other people, you know? And I would like that this exchange of stories be perpetuated and continued. So that's how it shaped me. I, I, I longed for similar stories and it, it made me very vulnerable. But that's the price you pay, right? Like, I'm like, you can't expect me to tell your story and you just sitting there rigid and stiff, you know, <laughs> and not losing it all. So it, the pain softened me quite much, I would say. Uh, it, it made it easier for me to, to express, to explore. And I was, I was lucky enough, or maybe not just luck, because I consciously invested in those friendships as well. So I've, I've had really good people around me to help me through it as well. It's wonderful. It is wonderful. That's good. I feel very blessed. You are. You know, and uh, it seems like you use this platform, like you said, to create the awareness, to yeah. give people that space to talk about friendship, grief. You know, yeah. you're doing good. Yeah. Do good work, Salah. Thank you. Thank you. Know? you. <laughs> because I never had that platform to be vulnerable, and I'm glad. And trust me, it's, it's not easy sitting here, <laughs> sitting here talking about this because I'm usually very like, like, like poised and. You know, and uh, no, we're sitting on the floor, chilling, yeah, you know, chilling, and, and knowing that oh, okay, this is gonna be ad, you know, and then uh, you know, I do have a lot of people on my on my Instagram, you know, yeah. my Facebook who are uh, who are there just to to snoop and know what's going. I know who you are, you know, and uh, yeah, knowing that, you know, I've opened myself to be judged and to be ridiculed, Beautiful. you know. <laughs> But do I really care? No, because I feel like this is my journey, this is my yeah. story. And what's the point of me being a mental health therapist when I can't show that, you know, mm. that vulnerability that this happens? Right. You know, maybe, you know, through this session, maybe someone who's going through that, that friendship grief can mm. have a little glimmer of hope that, you know what, this person is going or went through it as well. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah, like, I, I know because I, I do know, like, I'm subjecting myself, like I said, to judgment because I've I've had a tons of friends while growing up. I've never had issues with friends, you know, some may say, like, some may say, like, oh, you know, you know, she has no friends. No, that's wrong. I do have still a lot of friends, but right now I'm very, um, I'm very choosy. Mm. You know, like, who do I want to open myself, right. you know, like, to speak about myself, to be vulnerable yes. with, because not everyone, you know, can be that kind of friend. You've got to pick and choose. You know, I do still have a lot of acquaintances, but I think, I think somehow when you go through friendship grief as well, you come to terms with what's happening, so you mm. kind of be at peace with yourself as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, that you don't necessarily have to have like tens of thousands of friends, you know. You could just have that one friend and, and be totally okay with it. You know, you you rather have that one friend who totally understands you, you know, than have like ten who's who just don't make that effort to know you. Yeah. True. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So if if you were to end on a good note, uh say 
there are those people who have a friend who's going through a friendship with Maybe have a message for both, the person who's going through it and uh, a friend who has somebody who's going through it. How would you, what would you say to these two people? Very honestly, I didn't understand your question. Okay. <laughs> so somebody who's going through grief, what would you, what would you say to that person? Um, and a friend who's trying to console another friend. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I'm not like an influencer here or like, <laughs> no, you know, Dr. <laughs> Phil, I would like to think that I am, but uh, I think, um, I think first thing, if you can have that conversation with your friends, you know, and ask them what's going on, you do that, you know, but you have to, you have to be okay with what they say as well, you know, and what, then similarly, they have to be okay with what you say as well, but you didn't have that opportunity for that and you just went right into a friendship grief, I think the first thing probably would be have grace for yourself. You know, like, it's not necessary that it's always you. You know, that be kind to yourself, like, don't blame yourself. And uh, it is what it is. You know, and trust me, you will you will come out stronger. And the silver lining here is that it would actually make you open up your heart so much better to others who need it. And and you realize that you'll become such an empathetic person. You know, so I, I would say that if you feel like it's all, you know, doomed for you, you know, maybe the friendship is gone, but know that you will find you will find a, a, a different version of yourself does that make sense it does. you know you, you will grow into a very strong person who who is emotionally very conscious and you'll be empathetic you will know when a person needs you 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 trust me you will you will be someone with love you know you have so much to give because you had so little from them so you have so much to give so, yeah. I mean that. Right. There's a verse in Quran that says that many a thing that you thought were good for you and they're actually not. And many a thing that you thought they were bad for you and in fact they were not. You know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. So, there's always that benefit of the doubt, let's mm-hmm. call it. You know, that this might be something currently very painful, very mm-hmm. negative. Yeah. But the idea of what I can make out of it, you know, what a great thing that I can. Uh, in Nietzsche's word, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, you know, as he just said it. So. And, I, and like I say, it's very important to process it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do it alone. Right. You know, process it with someone. It's painful, talk about it, mm-hmm. and give yourself the time to heal. Mm-hmm. You are not supposed to snap out of it immediately. No. If you need a couple of months, you pick those months. You know, but in those months, when you cry, when you feel hurt, also understand what's going on inside of you, your emotions, and do something about that. So don't 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 abandon yourself. 
You know, it's bad enough someone abandons you. You don't do that to yourself. So that's what I mean when I say be kind to yourself. You know, give yourself some grace. Yeah. And give yourself time. Because time is the only the only thing that actually helps you heal. Yeah. And if I'm trying to help somebody else who's grieving, what do you have to say to me? I think the most important thing is don't make the person feel dumb for grieving over a friendship. It's still grief. Mm. You know, if you don't have anything nice to say or you do not know what to say, you know, the most you can just say is, yeah, I, I understand. You know, I know it must have been painful. Yeah, I get it. She or he meant so much to you. I know. You know, instead, you know, saying things like, oh, you'll be fine. Get over it. Or you know, you become this mean girl where you're like, she's not worth it. Like, you know, I mean, that maybe you're trying to help, but that's a little too much as well. You know, like, you know, obviously she was worth it or he was worth it. That, that, that's why they're grieving. You know, if you if you go on like a rampage, like, oh no, you know, that's not real as well. Okay, we're not in a high school. Yeah. Like, teen drama here. It's not Riverdale. It's not exactly. It's not Riverdale. It's not all that. You know, it's so like I say, you you could. Just be a listening ear, you know. If you can't do anything much, you just be a listening ear and you just validate that what they're feeling is grief. That I totally understand, you know. And if you need to talk to me anytime, just let me know and I'll be there. Don't abandon them. It's a very isolating feeling. It's been amazing talking to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Salah. Yeah. I feel wonderful talking to you as yeah. well. You hope know? to have you. Again. I hope to be here again. <laughs> Take care. Thank you, you so much. much. Take yeah. care. Bye.